Welcome to the most exciting introduction of Professional Friends, where we discuss great ideas for terrible TV shows. And now, it's your hosts, it's Nick and Dan! Welcome listeners, one and all. Yes, welcome to another episode of Professional Friends. I, I had I wanted to do one like last week, um, and then for some reason it didn't get done. And then I realized I read a news article. Um, how would I even find it? Um, so I wanted to do like a gritty reboot based Ooh. around the life of Gunther on Friends. <laughs> so it would be like um, I ca- I won't go deep into it because I found out that he. Um, got diagnosed with terminal cancer in the last couple of weeks. The actual actor that plays that guy. Oh, jeez. Total coincidence. Um, I think he might be, he's on the way out. Oh, so he's kind of untouchable then. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. I really wanted to do a, a big spiel about how we just like, you know, like these six kind of rich douchebags have just treated him like shit and he sort of does like a, a like a Joker revenge fantasy with them <laughs> um but yeah, yeah now i don't think he's he's untouchable you know there i there was a, a one-man show that i saw that was um mm. the whole nine seasons of friends mm-hmm. told through the eyes of of gunther the coffee guy well you this is a thing that you've seen this is a one-man show yeah it's just great like like you get to I guess, yeah, it's the character of Gunther's what's happening in between all the bits. The kind of fly on the wall of these terrible people's lives. That's yeah. right. But I like this better. This gritty reboot. This is post-Friends, right? This is... Yeah, I'm trying to remember. So it was like, yeah, so the spin-off we've all been waiting for. Gunther's on his deathbed and recounts. See, I wrote this not knowing that he actually is about it's to actually die. His... Which is very yeah, sad. that's very sad. So, wait, Gunther's do... on his is... deathbed, recounts sort of the gritty underbelly of New York, um, blah, blah, blah. You know, in his life, in this serial version of his life, we only ever see, you, you know, you only ever see like Ross in the background, but they're still there. They're, so you kind of like snip in and out of their of the episodes of Friends. But meanwhile, like when he closes the cafe, you know, he goes back to his sort of cockroach-infested um, apartment and just deals with like the crime in his neighborhood and, you know, is, is, That's he, is he kind of an anti-hero? Is he like, is he dealing with crime in the wrong kind of way, or is he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he gets results, but his methods are highly questionable mm-hmm. for sure. I see. He's a real house, a real house archetype. <laughs> yeah, like how house um, tortures people, tortures criminals <laughs> on the streets of uh, Chicago or wherever house is filmed. I, I mean, I mainly meant so much that it's. Uh, I don't agree with your methods, but these results. <laughs> Guys. That's basically God, every house episode. <laughs> That's literally. Why don't, why don't they fire this, <laughs> this scallywag doctor that just does not follow any rules? Be- like he's a fucking lawsuit waiting to happen. He, because of his results, Dan. They can't. Uh, oh, yeah. His results. I keep forgetting about the results. His... <laughs> yeah, it, would, it, it seems like. It seems like there are probably other ways to treat these people. Yeah, by like following the rules and using approved medical kind of techniques. Instead of basically relying on House 
to kind of have a small epiphany once a week. Like that's, I mean, it happens to work every week, but it's not a sustainable business model for a hospital. No. To, to, hope, to, to hope that, you know, the woman's dying of some sort of poisoning and he happens to pull a quarter out of his of his pocket and notice the nickel in it. And he's like, wait, maybe she's allergic to nickel or, or whatever the fuck it is. That's... It's just, it's it, their entire medical technique is based on coincidence. Oh, that sounds like a good episode. Yeah, actually, that's not a bad episode. Damn. That's a good episode. Idea. No, I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I would like to see an episode of House where he just has to treat someone with, I don't know, like influenza or... Yeah. Someone who has... Or COVID. Yeah. Someone who has a disease that we understand and that it's just like, can he do that? Can he just give someone some antibiotics and let them on their way? Or does he have to, does he have to find... Does he have to blow it out of proportion? Yeah. Does he have to try and find some extreme alternative way to like fix this person? <laughs> like, look, we could give you some uh, doxycycline mm-hmm, yeah. for seven days or... Or but I think there's more going on here. If we can shrink... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> just give the doctor segment. Can we shrink uh, a doctor down to the size of a pea <laughs> and inject you into the bloodstream? Have you ever seen House, Nick? <laughs> Do you think he's Dr. Frink? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, I would but, definitely get on that. But the Gunther, the Gunther idea, just to circle back, uh, mm. I, I would watch that. Yeah, I... I mean, we have now found out that people want more friends, right? They're desperate to get more of that highly homophobic show that we've come to know and love as friends. And they'll go to any lengths for any kind of reboot of the Friends franchise. But this would be a, you know, this would be a sophisticated reboot. This wouldn't be whatever the fuck they did recently, right? Yeah, which would... which was fan service as far as I know. I, I didn't watch it, but I know that I believe you did. Uh, no, I have not um, seen it my... either. I see. But I have watched the trailer and I feel like I got the gist pretty well. (laughs) I pretty much knew that I didn't like need to see it because I'm not interested in their time during friends. I want to see new episodes. Like I want to know what happened to the characters. That's the thing. I got sold a false bill of goods. I thought it was going to be like, okay, we're going to do a one-off. We're going to write a new story and okay, they're 30 years old or whatever, but still we're going to, where are they now kind of thing in there in the fictional life. Right. I'd watch that. I know what's happened to Jennifer Aniston since. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look it up every morning. I, <laughs> I know where she is. Check her Wikipedia page for updates constantly. <laughs> I manage her fan site constantly. Gmail sends me alerts. It searches <laughs> the news for Jennifer Aniston and sends it to me. I don't need to know that. I want to know what's happened to Rachel. Yeah. Our green, not Janiston. You want the real shit. Exactly. Uh, but I would watch mm. a very gritty, dark, disgusting, fucking re like yeah, spin off of Gunther, the crime fighting coffee maker, and that I don't know, he was always obsessed with Rachel. Maybe we can have some kind of like freaky like uh Buffalo Bill He's making some right. Kind of he's got like a suit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got like a little ritualistic altar at home that he sort of prays to. Hell, I would watch uh, uh, him as kind of a saw uh, archetype mm. film where he traps 
the six friends <laughs> and makes Very them good. play a game. Okay, but what if what if you go back through each of the episodes of Friends and be, because they get caught up in some kind of funny, quirky scenarios, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some real farces. What if you went back and, for example, um, okay, take the classic Ross episode where his pants are too tight and they get stuck on his body. Then what if you go back and you realize, okay, Gunther has like stolen his pants and shrunk them in the wash and <laughs> then it like it cuts back <laughs> and like you see... And if you squint really carefully in those episodes, you can see Gunther like peeking in the window at, as Ross is like getting the creamy talcum powder all over him. And he's like, yeah, it's white. The color of it is white. <laughs> the color of my hair. He's like architected all of their, their woes and ills throughout the 10 years. So basically we do a remaster where <laughs> yeah. we boil the episodes We put in the fourth like... ghost of Gunther. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Today's episode, TV show idea number one, is called Dating Hitler. Mm. Tracy Lancaster is a super assassin who has been given the most esteemed task of going back in time to murder Adolf Hitler when Mm. Adolf is attending the College of the Arts in 1909. She enrolls as an art student to get close enough to murder him. What she didn't count on was falling deeply in love with him. Like, mind-bogglingly scary in love. Like, a crazy ex-girlfriend in love. Like, she is way obsessed with him. She's so flustered around him. She can't keep it together. Shit. Tracy decides that (laughs) instead of killing Hitler, she is going to try to change his mind and convert him to good in this hilarious rom-com affair. Uh, so basically the, it's a rom-com about a woman trying mm-hmm. to change an extremely hateful, but charming and handsome man. Think crazy ex-girlfriend meets Fleabag. Mm. Oh, and I know what you're thinking. What's a super assassin? Well, it's a regular assassin. Just sounds, <laughs> sounds a bit cool. With time travel capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and- wait, so is she like, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead. No, I was just going to say, the other thing that I would like to mention, uh, is it in German? No, because they've got some kind of weird ear technology that makes everyone sound British. Good, good. This is very good. Um, I I think it's about time that we had a really pro-Hitler storyline. I'm glad (laughs) you were the one to cook it up and present it to the group. I'd like to say it's not pro-Hitler. I hear hear very pro-Hitler, and that's good. He's, it's 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 that it's very confusing, but he's very uh-huh. hateful, and she's like, oh, "Don't you just like love pasta sauce?" He's like, "I do, but I hate the Jewish people," and she's yeah. like, oh, "I gotta like, I gotta change this man. Like, it's mm. the ultimate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change this man." Vibe. So everyone deserves a second chance. Is kind of the the overarching moral of this story, right? Because okay, he's hateful. He's got terrible views. But clearly, he's got some redeeming qualities. Well, I mean, otherwise she wouldn't be fall in love with him. It's not a well. He's, he's well. It's it's. I think it's one of those like weird things where she's just like he's terrible, but uh, she just loves him for some reason. It's kind of like have you seen you've seen Thirty Rock? Mm. It's like a little bit of like uh, Liz Lemon and Dennis, her her first uh, yeah. boyfriend, like the Rat King. Yeah, the Rat King, the Beeper King. 
Um, mm. Oh, yeah. You know, he sells beepers and whatnot. Anyway, the point is he's, like, yeah. truly terrible, but there's just something about him that just, oh, she can't, she loves. Anyway, she's surprised herself. She's ready to murder Hitler, yeah. but, oh. And also, I'd like to say, it's not a second chance because this is set uh, before he did... Uh... Okay. <laughs> so it's... Okay, this is a, this is an interesting get-out-of-jail-free card it's a, because... It's a minority report pre-crime vibe. I see. So it's... Again, I have to reiterate, it is pro-Hitler, but it's just a Hitler that hasn't kind of done it yet. Yeah, I, I'd also like to point out that the <clears throat> audience are still going to hate Hitler. And not just because uh, he's Hitler... Uh, but also yeah. just because he's like, he's, he's just... He's a real douchebag. He's a real douchebag. He's, everyone's just like, this, what does she see in him? This guy is the worst. We were at the point of... So my question is, what's pushing her? Like, she's is she trapped in the past? Right. I'm so glad you asked. Yes, she is. The time machine Good. broke. Great. So it's got some, it, like, Outlander heat. You ever watch Outlander? I've never seen Outlander. Oh, I mean, it it's like middle-aged porn, middle-aged woman porn. Yeah, right. Mm. I think you get some of that heat, like because she's obviously. Is it going to be a bit steamy, a little bit sexy? Or is that off well, limits I don't know. to have, show a the, sex scene this, with Hitler? This is the this is the big thing, isn't it? It's can mm. you show a sex scene with Hitler? It's just <laughs> <laughs> that's the big thing. That's the big. Finally, thing. we're getting to the big. Can thing. you? Can you? Like, I think maybe. Have you seen Fleabag? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. Actually. To understand, like, the vibe, I guess, like, the way I see it is it's, I would see Robert Webb playing Hitler. Mm. Yeah, that's a good pull. Does, and does that kind of personality type and, like, the kind of characters that he's played maybe indicate to you the kind of personality that this Hitler will have? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, it's kind of a fine line, right? Because... You still want Hitler to be... Um, is the comedy from, like, that Hitler is a bit silly? Or is it that Hitler is still ultimately a very serious, charismatic, you know, genocider to be? And then the comedy is just around, like, how strangely likable he is and how much you, like, catch yourself reminding yourself, like, wait, no, no, that's Hitler. Like, and her as well, right? Like, she just gets caught up in his... No. His character and I think he's, he's a big fuckhead, and okay, and she, it's just like she is like, what? How could you not see that he's a big old like, like, like fuckhead? Yeah, um, but a charming fuckhead, right? I get, and I, I think we've already brought up what women want on one of these episodes, but kind of like an like a Mel Gibson before he has the thing. Yeah, 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 big vibe. That's that's a that's a good that's a good kind of like a, a Mel Gibson. I mean, probably like a Mel yeah, Gibson in, now. In real life. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> he Actually, he could play him. He'd be pretty good. He, especially because he wouldn't play it as a joke. He'd play it straight. <laughs> and, he w- and he wouldn't understand sort of the premise of the show either. No, no. In fact, I don't think you need to explain to him what the premise is and just kind of give no, him... No, no, he, do- he doesn't need to know. <laughs> no, he he's going to act the shit out of it either way. Oh, he's he's going to knock it out of the park. He's going to nail it. And God knows he's a little bit desperate for, for acting roles at the moment. So, mm-hmm. you know, what better... Mel. Mel. Okay. Okay, maybe Good. Robert Webb step aside. <laughs> I mean, you could have like... Maybe she, maybe she like... 
Okay, maybe the time travel machine, or time machine as we sometimes call it, the time machine is, it can only keep going backwards. Like, it's stuck. It can't go f- further forward than 1940, or let's say 1935 or something. But she can keep traveling back further into his history, like back and forth. So she can, like, jump around a little bit, like, about time. She can jump around his life, and you get, like, young Hitler and older Hitler. Mm. And she can, like, try and jump in and try and figure out, oh, no, that was the time bullies, you know, pushed him into that Hindu symbol that we know today as the swastika. And he he decided, oh, I'm going to, like, use that symbol against them. And then she goes back and, and tries to, like, stop the bullies from... From doing that. From, uh, yeah... Yeah, that you know what I mean. That could be jump around. Yeah, she, that's that's nice. Gives her maybe gives the the TV show a bit more breadth. I think ultimately though, um, she should still be the one to kill Hitler. I think the TV show <laughs> should end with her in the bunker, and we yeah. just kind of reimagine. Like I think, give the people what they want, which is a very think, think Passion of the Christ. You know, now that we're mm-hmm. talking about Mel Gibson. With very like yeah, good. brutal, kind of bloody f- film, right? Passion of the Christ mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. Uh, right now. Imagine if you squeezed all the violence mm-hmm. in that two and a half hour epic into one so violent six minute scene <laughs> in yeah. the bunker when she discovers that uh, he's uh, choosing Eva Braun over. Over mm. her, and she just fucking gets out that super assassination talent that we've been waiting to see Great. for this past sixteen seasons, and she sprays that place with his blood. She just paints the walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After you've spent so long getting to know and love this <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Can I can I throw one possibility and you know throw it right back? Mm-hmm. Just kiss it and throw it right mm-hmm. back if you don't like mm-hmm. it. What if you had like um, what if you have your cake and you eat it too? Where she ultimately her job is to kill Hitler. That like she's been sent back and every time she goes back, she has to kill Hitler. Like that's the only way she can keep her job. But as long as she can keep going back as many times as she wants, as long as she always kills Hitler before she comes back to the future. So what if it's like she just jumps back? has another go at trying to charm him and, and win his affection. And then inevitably when she fails, she's like, oh, okay, fine, I'll kill him again. She kills him and then jumps back. So like every episode ends with a different graphic murder of Hitler. But then it's kind of a Groundhog Day thing, like where, you know, Bill Murray always gets to the end of the day, tries to like win. Uh, uh, Annie McDowell is Hitler. I mean, I've always said that, but especially Andy in this. McDowell Andy McDowell as is Hitler. Hitler great. <laughs> as Hitler. <laughs> Andy McDowell is Hitler. <laughs> um, right, and then at the end of the day, right, at the end of each Groundhog Day, okay, she turns him down every time, right? But in this reality, he would kill her at the end of every day because he's been sent back to kill her. Well, you know, whereas here we've got Assassin, tries to win... Hitler in the course of 22 minutes fails, kills him. New episode again and again. Yeah, great. I think people would really enjoy seeing Hitler die in a different way each time. Yeah. And she's like, 
so do you think the Jewish people are okay now? It's like, no. She's like, damn it. And it just slits his throat. <laughs> yeah. Start the chainsaw. <laughs> cue, cue classical music. And then the day starts again. Yeah, exactly. Like, ah, I really thought I got oh, you well. this time. So the Jewish people are okay? <laughs> yes, I agree on Satvan. Okay, and we're not going to kill them? No, we still kill them. Ah, Damn it. <laughs> Time to do what I do best. <laughs> yeah, great. All right. I think I can agree to those changes. Uh, murders Hitler every day. Let's mm-hmm. jump to... We got our characters. We got our actors. We're going to get Mel Gibson to mm-hmm. play Hitler. And I guess Andy McDowell <laughs> to play... Yeah. She's still alive. She's still That's alive. Like to know. Otherwise, Phoebe Waller-Bridge from Fleabag, I think be hilarious yeah she's got that that heat at the moment Mm. um how many seasons you're going to give uh dating hitler um i think it's got a couple good seasons and then i feel like it spins off into a um a kind of a kind of low quality but like continuing like the, the, the whole writing team would leave the director and everything would leave and it would basically be turned into a a um, sort of automatically written procedural show. Because, like, at the end of the day, it's just, like, you can do, like, two seasons of really funny, interesting stuff, and then it's just, and then it's just like, insert um, romantic mishap plus insert way of killing Hitler. Yeah. And, I mean, you're going to print money. There's always going to be people uh, that will watch that. And, 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 uh, and the reason that, that the first two seasons would be great is just because you could probably think of two good seasons worth of romantic mishaps and deaths that after that you just oh like, absolutely you're out of ideas yeah so like I, yeah i think it's two good seasons and maybe maybe six kind of middling would tune in if i had nothing else to do but kind of on the middle of the day sort of thing yeah great great okay i think i yeah yeah i'm i'm doing the same on that um very good next one <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> sorry i kind of tuned off just watching some people walk by my window. Yeah, that's right. We'll, we'll edit all that out later. We'll, we'll, edit, we'll edit those two men out. Yeah. They were really staring, really having a good stare. All right. I guess, that... guess it looks kind of important what I'm doing when the truth, I mean, it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. How thoroughly trivial and inane this is. sit there in your one bedroom apartment <laughs> in your living room slash kitchen slash dining yeah area slash auditorium one foot from your fridge two feet from <laughs> your place where you eat and four feet from your front door uh exactly <laughs> recording this fifth episode of a podcast that I mean, literally no yeah. one has heard any of this because they're still on a hard drive on our Sw- personal computers. Sweaty, sweaty as hell. They haven't left the, the fucking house for three days. <laughs> Don't envy me. <laughs> I, I am already important. dead. <laughs> Don't cry for me. <laughs> yeah, great. great. All right. Uh, okay. That is Dating Hitler. Well, it looks like we have time Powerful. for a quick word from our sponsor. Great. <clears throat> and welcome back to Professional Friends, where uh, we give out great ideas for terrible television shows. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, for free. You got, uh, you got a TV show for us, Dan Boy? Um, yes. I would call this a... I would call this a, an outline, a sketch, and I'm, I'm very keen to get your input to, to flesh out this world a little bit more. So it's called um, Janice Wasserman and Her Magnificent Milking Machine. Uh, Janice Wasserman is a 65-year-old cleaner in a rural travel motel. She does a bit of sex work on the side to help pay the bills. But that's mostly dried up since the emancipation, capital T, capital E. You see, men mostly stay off the streets these days. Anyway, she gets fired from the motel. But she does get to keep her vacuum cleaner as a parting gift. She contemplates killing herself in her apartment in Nowheresville, 2045. But it turns out that one of her old regulars knocks on the door. He braves it and comes out of hiding to ask if she can get him off for 20 bucks. She's not really in the mood, of course. She's just lost her job. So instead, she rigs up a fake vagina with some stuff around her apartment. You know, some food, an old wallet, the vacuum cleaner. Anyway, he comes instantly and leaves. She realizes that she might have the solution, not only to her financial problems, but the entire crisis plaguing Western society in 2045. The seed shortage. That's all I've got. My God. Now you. <laughs> so I don't. I don't know. I don't. Did you? Did you make explicitly clear that there's a problem with having children? Is that what you? So okay. Here's what I'm thinking. That something called the Grand Great Emancipation happened, and and I, I'm. I feel like this is the kind of show, a little bit of like a Handmaid's Tale thing, where you maybe even the first season, maybe even the first two seasons, you're still not quite sure what the fuck is going on. Great. But I think the oh, got a freeze there. And unfreeze. Um, I think the broader society is such that, you know, women have finally executed on their threat of basically destroying male civilization, where obviously there are no, there's no need for men anymore. So men have had most of their rights taken away. They can't vote. They don't have like the right to their, their own body and so on. So they kind of go into hiding. Um, you know, the government is entirely run by women and so on. Um, this is the great emancipation. But of course, the problem is still, how do you get sperm? Where do you get that from? So they're, they're in a situation where they basically have huge prisons filled with men that are virile that they somehow get sperm from, but they haven't quite figured out the right way to do it. Anyway, this charming comedy, Mrs. Wasserman and her magnificent milking machine, she invents the perfect semen milking machine. And she, sorry, go ahead. No, no, please. She takes to New York City in the year 2045, the big city, the big lights, with her kind of hodgepodge invention and tries to, like, sell it to, you know, a business, to the government. And it's kind of like a... Got a bit of a Breaking Bad vibe to it, where she's this sort of down-and-out inventor. But she's really excited. She's so, like, she's very naive and hopeful about the world. And basically it ends with her, like, running this massive farm milking men is it illegal to milk men i'm i'm looking for the tension is is the the tension is i think that well i guess part of it is like she's an up and comer so the tension is she's a, like she's got no marketable skills or um hope for her sort of lifestyle she's got like one last chance also got a little bit of a um 
um, pursuit of happiness vibe to it, maybe. Like, this is her, her last shot. The only thing she knows is the sex industry and vacuum cleaners. And she's exploiting her knowledge of those two things to try and engineer a way out of the, the shortage of sperm that this female-dominated society is suffering. Right. And so, basically, if I can just picture this contraption, because I think that's very important. Yeah. I think Please do, be, yeah. I think it might be Please the poster. Um, yeah. And that is, uh, it's a wallet, like an old brown wallet, stuffed Correct. with bits of ham. Uh, and <laughs> exactly. it's like open, and it's like ham stuffed in it. But then yeah. at the bottom is uh, the the vacuum cleaner hose plugged the nozzle. into it. Yeah. yeah, Kind of like and duct taped up to create yeah. a seal. And basically, you stick uh, your penis inside of that, and you feel mm-hmm. the the sack of the vacuum cleaner mm-hmm. with the with the jism with your seed with the seed. Yeah. Um, um, and and yeah, I mean, I say you know, you say like stick, but f- I mean forcibly stick. I mean, you are forced to do this terrible thing, which feels so good, of course. But I mean, ultimately, you are enslaved in a farm. For this sort of thing, yeah. So then she's gonna try and go. I'm just just trying to because it's a big world that you built. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. So she's gonna. There are these prisons filled with men, mm-hmm. uh, because all men are locked up because they're yeah. all animals, mm-hmm. and they still want to produce m- more babies. And so she's gonna basically advocate to go to these prisons and suck the jizz out of the men to create babies. So at the moment, they don't have a way of getting the jizz out of the men. Oh, cause, and cause because they don't want to like... They, they don't, I guess they don't want to like operate on men because that's going to like ruin the seed or whatever. So at the moment, the best they can do is like, I guess, send women in there and just have sex the old-fashioned way. But that is like an appalling infringement on women's rights right. in this society, right? Whereas along comes Janice Wasserman and her magnificent milking machine. <laughs> and she realizes she's invented by happenstance, by a combination of bits of ham and a wallet and a vacuum cleaner. She's invented the ultimate ejaculation um, encourager. Yeah. And, I, and, and I she knows that, if um, she can... Obviously she's down and out in her luck. She's got no money. Yeah. So the wallet's empty. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's definitely empty. Otherwise, she wouldn't have it's very used big and very empty. <laughs> no, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I, once yeah. again, I had to go back to the poster, but I really see like mm. kind of the Technicolor Dreamcoat style. I can really see <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Was it Wasserman? Yeah, Janice Wasserman. Ja- yeah, I can really see a kind of like yeah, like. Lights shining. I think that's on the her, right aesthetic her. as well. I think it should be like you know, it, this is a potentially very dark and bleak world that we're stepping into, a kind of Handmaid's Tale. But it shouldn't be a depressing tale. You know, it should be a story of hope and a story of magic. And she's got this magnificent machine Milking that machine. you know, maybe she puts like little stars on it and like a little um, stripe puts flowers all over it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, she really pimps it out. And she kind of rides into town and like shops it around. It's kind of got, I think, even though it's okay, even though it's 2045, I think you get some sort of old school, sort of madmen style aesthetics. And she's just really excited to, to climb the social ladder and, and sell it around. And it's also a little bit of like a fish out of water, right? So she's this kind of, um, she's this kind of like rural Hicksville small town girl. And she 
like this is her last chance and she kind of rolls into town you know it's like huge skyscrapers this metropolis and she's got to figure out how to how to make it in the big city does she does she have like a crew does she have like a crew like i like to think that maybe um you can buy like men as slaves and maybe she's got like a like a man yeah i think she she probably has like a manservant who she, who she treats really really well like unlike most people maybe maybe this the norm is to really mistreat your manservant the man but she's just say that again uh yes the, you're saying that the uh yeah maybe the norm social norm is to like mistreat your slave man but exactly. um, she's yeah. kind of like a like a Christoph Waltz in um in Django Unchained she's kind of like she's right. a goodie she's a goodie uh, it's exactly that right and she and so it's kind of like uh traveling from town to town like you know, like mm-hmm. the magic tonic that can exactly, yeah. and and yeah. and maybe she, yeah, maybe that's a good point. Maybe like maybe it takes a few episodes to get to the big city. Maybe she like she hasn't thought it all the way through yet. She sort of she goes to a local man prison, and they don't get it because they're they're also small, like small minded sort of small town folk. They're like, no, 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 like we do it the way we do it, and you know, but it would be a woman saying it. We do, we do it the way we do it, and that's the way we like it. She's like, oh, but you don't think you're big enough. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, maybe leading actor? Mm, yeah, yeah, maybe. Damn, maybe. Uh, that's <sighs> great, Dan. So tell me, um, <laughs> what, is, what is the, like, the trajectory of this story? Is this about bringing right. back to equality? Is it like kind of, uh, you know, we've, we've gone from having the patriarchy searching for equality and then we've like jumped in the other direction now where mm-hmm. we have a matriarchy and is is that is it about going back the other way to find equality or is it is it is it like nah is that not the story it's just like just the story of a woman uh, getting the getting that baby shortage just milking the men for, for the seed i think so i think like i think it gets more and more um black mirror as the seasons go on where like it ends basically with her being this sort of corporate warlord who runs these huge plantations mantations if i may where it's kind of matrix style just got men hooked up to like feeding machines and milking machines and it it does not at all strive for equality all men are entirely hooked up to these machines and you end up me, in a very uh, fatalistic, pessimistic tone, I think. Yeah, see, to me, this sounds like the origin story of a villain. Mm. Like a really interesting origin story. Like, it sounds to me like the main series would be about, like, I don't know, the freedom fighters, the revolution, trying to, like, bring, restore equality to mm-hmm. the planet. And meanwhile, and, like, defeat who is, like, the ultimate, like... <laughs> Like villain, the biggest owner of of men and and mantations, mantation owner, which is Mrs. Wasserman's and her fabulous milking machine. And then you're like, yeah, but mm-hmm. you know what happened in episode one though? Like, how did we get here? And this is that mm. story of this down and out, trodden on woman who like, yeah, like the yeah, the claws her way to the top, uh, and and kind of really okay. solidifies the. The kind of but then maybe empire. maybe you do like a few episodes in the future like you start with with like this uh, the real dystopia you know like 2055 and she's just this hardened 
you know, I, I guess uh, autocrat, you know, like t like dictator of the world, basically, because she's just like bought her way there because her invention is undeniably brilliant, and That's no beautiful. one can no one can make a better one. Like she just cracked it in one go, and so she's kind of bought her way power and and uh, influence and so on. And then maybe a few episodes afterwards, you jump back, and then the rest of the season is is her climb from the bottom. Yeah, because I, I think origin stories are always fabulous to watch. Mm, yeah. All right. Uh, and and you, you're thinking actors? You're thinking Jodie Foster? Um, yes, I was thinking Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Yeah, great. Um, Anyone else that you can yeah. see starring in this TV show? Who's her man's um, I really like... Um, uh, Ian McKellen. You know, <laughs> Ian McKellen is her manservant. <laughs> she, she, she jacks off. beats the shit out. <laughs> With a magical milking machine. Yeah. Every episode. <laughs> she does demonstrations across the globe. Two people who could be not any less attracted to each other. All right. Well, uh, how long do you see this, this bad boy going? Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you raise a good point, like, that it's... The driver of it is a little. I mean, maybe it's just maybe it's not a traditionally driven show. Maybe it's almost like a a, a mini series, and it's just like six, eight episodes or something. Kind of maybe like kind of like the Queen's Gambit. It's just like sets out to do one thing, paints this world or paints this character, and then kind of steps back and says, you know, now you make a video game out of it if you want. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe eight eight hour long episodes. Yeah, I, I'd get in that. I, I think um, the merchandising opportunity <laughs> mm -hmm. will, uh, will really uh, help this in 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 the pitch yeah. and getting picked up. Kind of the kind of DIY like home brand versions of these things. Of this yeah. I can really see uh, like just Disney getting all about it, <laughs> buying the rights to, to it, and just producing these magnificent milking machines. Uh, I like the idea of putting it on the Disney Channel and, and then still trying to find a way of telling this story without ever explicitly showing it. Yeah. It's just implied. Just <laughs> You just keep seeing this ham, behammed wallet in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, every, like she's driving around with a ute just with these like <laughs> vacuum cleaner sacks just tied up and <laughs> bloated. <laughs> but it's never shown what's in them. No, but, but you can hear it sloshing around <laughs> when she packs them in. <laughs> and they're heavy. They're mighty heavy. <laughs> <laughs> they're super heavy and they are watertight. But it's on the Disney Channel, so watch what you say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Mm. All right. Okay. Uh, that's something. That's something there. <laughs> ah. All right. Uh, that is, what, what did you call it? Uh, Mrs. Wasserman's. Ja Janice Wasserman and her magnificent milking machine. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. All right. I think we got another word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with one mm. more television pitch. Hmm. Who's our dream sponsor, by the way? Maybe we should tailor the sponsorship based on the television show in between each, at the end of each, like, pitch. We do, like, an mm. audio trailer, like, this summer, coming yeah. to the Disney Channel. I'll just 
I need to find a way to make some money. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> Cue vacuum cleaner noise. Hey, I'm sorry to bother you, but I'm just wondering if uh, I've just been fired. I don't feel like I'm doing much. I'll give you twenty dollars, 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 dollars. <laughs> Jody Foster is Wasserman. Wasserman. Ian McKellen is Billy. Billy. Billy, <laughs> a scrappy youngster played by the terrifically aged <laughs> Ian McKellen and Festa are magnetic. <laughs> she does a good job of wheeling him around in that wheelchair. <laughs> You've never seen Ian McKellen get sucked off quite like this. Ian McKellen is legs are CGI'd. <laughs> And he is sprinting everywhere. <laughs> I know he's not in a wheelchair, but I imagine he'd be a slow walker at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. He's got one of those, like, um, dogs that don't have their back legs. <laughs> he's got one of those machines for his legs. <laughs> <laughs> a dog. <laughs> Ian McKellen is... Quadriplegic. <laughs> what, he's walking around in his front mm. arms? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 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 it's madness. It's too yeah, madness. Like Jodie Foster's like picked him up from a rescue shelter and <laughs> just adopted him. No one else, no other families wanted him. Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> Who was touched by the Queen. <laughs> is now... Our professional friends where we discuss great ideas for terrible mm. television shows. Terrible packaging. <laughs> uh, and we're up to our third and final uh, pilot for this episode. A TV show. Do it to me. Do it to me. Okay. This one is called The True Truman Show. Oh, fuck. This is... Okay, interesting. Go ahead. Humans are creatures of habit. Most people don't visit new places. Did you you know about this, Dan? They stop at the same places. They go to work the same route every day. They buy the same foods at the supermarket, rarely deviating from their pattern. They have coffees at the same cafe. They often eat at the same restaurants, visit the same groups of people. When they go camping, they camp at the same spots. Occasionally, people deviate, but it's very rare that we enter a place that we've not entered many times before. So one week, you might need to do a special job around the house. You'll still most likely visit the same shot you go to whenever you need to do a special job. When people move house or country, they quickly develop new habits that are similar to those previous, substituting their patterns for ones that are almost identical. All in all, 92% of the average person's activity over their lives will be the, a routine and predictable act. We call this a person's individual action pattern, or IAP. I'm learning something. And we can use this to our advantage. In this reality television series, we sign up a hundred people to be filmed for a hundred consecutive days. However, only three of them will actually get filmed, and they don't know if or when they will be filmed. 
Their lives mm. are recorded. 5,000 cameras are installed according to the IAP. Cameras everywhere. In the uniforms of the people at coffee shops, in the mailbox, lights everywhere. We get to study the human in their habitat. We get to see how their lives change over 100 days. And at the end of the 100 days, people vote who they think is the most worthy of winning $10 million. The catch is, the public get to decide what the $10 million is spent on. After watching a person for 100 days, they decide what that person needs to, to better their lives. Car, gym okay. membership, house cleaner, new haircut. The people decide. Then the money is applied. And we watch them for another 100 days. Mm. The host needs to be someone very creepy. <laughs> Good. And to balance, they have to be with someone who's not creepy. Sure, yeah. So you have a real creep and not a creep kind of hosting this. Well, what's the thinking behind them having to be a creep? I just think it'd be funny to have them comment on like what this person's yeah. up to. If they're so kind the, of creepy. The intimate, <laughs> private moments of yeah. this person. Yeah. yeah, where they're kind of a bit slimy. Yeah, great. Um, fuck, okay, a lot to unpack. A lot to unpack. Um, Look, originally, I thought about doing the actual Truman Show. But I just think right. that uh, it'll never be better than the film. So Yeah, that's true. Um, no, I, I think this is really curious. So, so, but I actually thought you were going to go in a different way. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to unpack like, so you, you have each person is typically going to visit the same three or four places during the day or whatever, or, you know, do the same tasks and activities. Mm-hmm. So that's, so you know where to put the cameras in that case. Yeah. Is that the idea? Yeah. 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 But, but their incentive is still to keep doing those things or is there some incentive for them to mix up their life or is that irrelevant? Well, they, yeah. I mean, that's why I said that you invite a hundred people and only a few of them and they know only a few of them getting filmed Mm. because really you just want them. Like, I think the interesting thing is just to see what people are doing normally. And then this is why I added the $10 million. And to be honest with you, I didn't, get a lot of time to really nut it out because we'll I, nut it yeah we'll nut and like I think that it's like you see someone and it's like okay now let's mm-hmm. start throwing curveballs at them mm. let's start like and that's the money that's the money let's start like changing their lives in the same way when you watch the, the, the Truman show the film yep. you know like he was like gonna end up with his wife no matter what because they like engineered that she would you know be the one um, right yeah and you couldn't like you know obviously they auditioned people and stuff so like i think then people get to decide how this person's life changes and, and i kind of thought of that basically yeah through like services and events and mm. um yeah as kind of like then you get to control the show mm. and see a That's person's cool. life change yeah okay it's also i guess got a little bit of that fight club heat as well right where he's you know the thing where they they take the driver's license from people and say like if you haven't gone to college you know fulfilled your dreams when i come back in 6 months i'm going to kill you and i'm going to yeah. hold you to that you know so is there a little bit of like are we kind of seeing these people we follow them around for 3 months are we kind of trying to get get to whether they're living their their dream life and if they're not then the public wants to to kill them fix them 
to yeah, kill I, them or fix them. I guess, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. You you get this this third eye perspective, and it's like this, like, like you, you know, I don't know. Maybe you see someone, and you're like, if this person just had someone, like, if they just ate healthy, for example, it's like ah, oh, like they're just mm-hmm. always ordering McDonald's, and it's like yeah. okay. We're going to sign them up for, like, meal services. Like, let's see what happens when, like, all of a sudden we change what they eat every day. Yeah. And, like, every yeah. day they get delivered, like, all of a sudden they, yeah, they're getting their meals given to them or... What if they sign them up thing. for The Biggest Loser? So now it's a reality show within the re- that reality show. And you film, you have that reality show filming them on the set of The Biggest Loser. And The Biggest Loser's film crew are like, I don't think you can be filming here. They're like, no, 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 we have to. It's part of our show. It's part of our show. Then you got show versus show. Mm, okay, okay. Mm. That's <laughs> now we're heading in a different okay. direction. Fun. Throw throw that out. Um, yeah, this is this is intriguing. So okay, so they have ten million dollars, and we basically just randomly pick which ones are shown on the show, right? Because they are all being filmed ultimately, right? Well, I mean, it's too many cameras to to afford for the network, I assume. So that's why I was like, we sign up 100 people, we get the rights, but only three of them yeah. are ever actually filmed. Hmm. So, And that's the part that I guess I was kind of curious about. Like, Is it that you think the threat of filming will make people act differently? Is that why you kind of um, fake yeah, film some people? Yeah, I think if you know you're being filmed, I think you act a bit differently. Yeah. And do we want to see people acting differently? Is that the goal? No, I think we want to see, like, people, like, I think the charm is just seeing them totally natural. That's so why I think, like, something like Big Brother doesn't quite work because, like, you pull people out of their, like, lives, you throw them into this thing, they're hyper-aware of the cameras, they're given challenges, mm-hmm. there's, they're, they're just aware of everything. Like, it definitely mm. change the kind of person you are. I think the interesting thing is just seeing, like, people, like, sure, like, I, and, yeah. and not just, like, seeing them at a cafe, like, everywhere. Hey, hey, Nick, I agree. I'm totally on the, I'm totally on board. I, but I hate to be a negative Nelly and be contrarian. But then why, why do you have to threaten to film 97 extra people? <laughs> What's the, what do you get out of that? Okay, okay. The reason, the reason for that uh-huh. is just because... Then you, like, if you're like, oh, there's, hi, um, you signed up for this, there's a 3% chance mm-hmm. that you're actually being filmed. Ah, uh, so you think and it's then, unlikely that I'm being filmed. Yeah. I see. Yeah, and okay. Like, I, okay. I had it totally flipped. I, th- I thought you were saying, like, okay, there's some chance I'm being filmed, therefore I'm going to act weird all the time. But I see what you're saying. You're saying, like, that's going to encourage people to act more normally. Yeah. Okay, I'm on board. Yeah, yeah. I like that idea. I really like that idea. Can I can I throw in um, a little sub? Um, uh, fuck, what's the name of like a segment into this pitch? Absolutely. Which is I'm a TV executive, mm-hmm. and I want to sell a product through your show. Um, okay, I want to sell um, a magnificent milking machine. I, I want to sell. Yes, that's why I came up with that idea. Is because I already wanted to sell the milking machine. Hi. Hey. I love your TV show idea. Great. I have $20 million. Mm. $10 million for the, the prize money. Great. And $10 million for the equipment, the thousands of fake cameras that we have to build. 
the huge film crew, um, you know, transport, logistics, and so on. I've got it all right here for you, but I do need you to include a lot of product placement around the new 2022 upcoming Nissan Altima um, model of car. Great. Can you, inclu- can you include that in your show somehow, please? Uh, yes, we absolutely can. Uh, and that is done by literally mm-hmm. every... Like, we can have streets that are just packed <laughs> with <laughs> missing Ultimates. Like, this guy will be driving around. It's like, fuck, everyone's got this car. <laughs> yeah, okay. And so how, it's not subtle at all. We will encourage... Like, we'll, like, set up a competition... For him to win a Nissan mm-hmm. Ultima at the local coffee shop, like one of those things you just fill in and pop in a box, and we'll guarantee that he will win or she will win, and mm-hmm. they will win that car and they'll be driving it. And it's a good idea. Damn, that's clever. I'm so they, they actually get given an Ultima without even knowing that it's part of the show. Yeah. That's some real Truman Show shit. Entice them to win one. Great. Mm. Mm. Right? I'll fund it. Great. I'll take it. Thank you. So, Mr. so is it like. No worries. Half of each season is bad life, and then half is new life. Is that kind of the, yeah. the split? Yeah, yeah. I think the first, yeah, the first whatever episodes you watch this thing, and then you have, I guess, like a texting line. I'm not sure how we do the. <laughs> how do people do that anymore? Yeah, or yeah. like a suggestions box, mm. and then we take the ten best ideas, and everyone kind of votes on them. Yeah, it's great. I mean. You could really crowdsource, like it is a crowdsourcing. It's basically, how do I fix my life? And you crowdsource that question. Well, yeah, because you get all these people to just kind of be that, yeah, that third eye that just to really like, it's like, okay, like, you know, you don't realize this, but like, you're doing this wrong. Like, Mm, yeah. And just like the sheer law of large numbers probably means you're going to get some good life improving, life changing advice. Right. Or some terrible or, or Bozy McBoatface style <laughs> advice. <laughs> or your life will be absolutely fucking shredded <laughs> by a bunch <laughs> of dickheads on the internet that want to see. We've just you got suggestion after suggestion <laughs> of of just everyone suggesting suicide. We can't possibly do that. <laughs> Can you we can't do it. Writing it down. <laughs> We've People asked, keep voting on it. <laughs> We've asked, and it won't be a look, a good look for the Nissan Asimio, whatever the fuck the car you mentioned. Suida, Suida. Um, so okay, who hosts it? Like, you want creepy? Yeah. What is the creepiest? Who's the creepiest guy. Who's the creepiest person? I mean, I want to say Steve Buscemi, but that's not fair because he's not. He's creepy, actually the nicest though. guy. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's not. He's not inherently creepy. Like he can, he looks like a bit gooby. Sure, he's a good egg, but he's not creepy. Mm. I like this, you know. Like I'm talking about a, the host of a television show, so I think like their personality is like, like they need to be a personality rather than a an actor per se. Right. Yeah. Um, so you want like a, a creepy personality? What What if you get like Clive Palmer? Ah, uh, yeah, right, a politician. How's that? How's yeah. that play out? Yeah, like I mean, he's you know. I assume his time in politics is coming to an end. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's he can't afford to be stressed so much anymore. His heart maybe only has so many heart attacks left in it. Yeah. That he needs to maybe just take it a little bit more chill these days. So, and he's, I mean, he knows 
showmanship. He knows the TV industry and so on. He's extremely hateable. Mm. He's got a lot of money, so he would probably fund it himself. Or possibly he has no money. I've never been totally clear yeah. about that. <laughs> He's either the world's richest man or uh, the world's <laughs> or a kind of <laughs> or the world's well most well dressed homeless man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, um, Clive Palmer. That's a great call. In fact, many politicians, mm. now that I think about it, could probably fit the bill of being kind of creepy. But Clive right. Palmer's good because he's a nice, like, independent, just put himself up kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I dig it. I really dig it. Clive Palmer, and then, but who's the antithesis? Who's the who's the the the, the non creepy version? Who's the least th- creepy person? I think it's I think it's Carrie Bigmore <laughs> and Clive Palmer <laughs> present. Uh. These two, I mean, it's again, it's a kind of Jodie Foster, Ian McKellen thing yeah. where these two people will hate every second that they spend within each other's presence. Yeah, right, great, it. great. And I think that'll be half the show now that you mention it. Half the show will be Kerry Bickmore and Clive Palmer have to, having, to, having to share a screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can tell, like, they have, to fill, they have to film all the host segments in, like, snippets. Because they have to hold their breath when they go in each other's presence. They are fighting. Yeah, great. And then rush out of the room to catch a breath. Yeah. And we film it in the most uncomfortable room. <laughs> like the yeah. legs of the chairs are slightly like short on one side. And like <laughs> this kind of weird smell and a buzz. <laughs> and Why? <laughs> the show's already hard enough to produce. Why do we have to enforce <laughs> these extra constraints? For the Nissen. Why do we play these games? <laughs> sick of these games. Sick of these games. Yeah. Yeah. Um very good. All right. What do you um uh what do you what are you giving this? What are you giving this TV show? Um I give it four palmers and that translates roughly to Nine big mores. Uh Nine big mores. <laughs> Um Yeah, fuck, what's the trajectory of this thing? I mean, it could go Big Brother. It could just, like, go forever. Yeah. I'll get shut down and then yeah, uh, then make a resurgence when people run out of ideas. Um, yeah. yeah, 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 that could work. I'd see I'd see it going for, for one season before, um, I guess, Kerry Bickmore, like, fucking jabs Clive Palmer in the throat and yeah, kills him. before she accidentally says something racist on screen. <laughs> yeah. And Clive Palmer has to say, don't say that, Carrie. <laughs> it's and then coming. they have to get cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Maybe with the original hosts, only one season. We just cycle Carl through and Jackie O take over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it does probably work better as a radio program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of silence. A lot of cameras. Yeah. About a lot of the sound of someone like breathing and scratching themselves. <laughs> a lot of a lot of typing. <laughs> the sound of a shower starting and a microwave buzzing. <laughs> yeah, great. Great. Powerful. Powerful stuff. Thanks for introducing us to that You're concept, welcome. Nick. You're welcome. Well, and that uh um, yeah, cool. I think that's the end of our our big freeze episode. The, our freeze spectacular. Mm. Mm. What's going to happen next? Keep Only freeze scattered. will tell. 